And welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Spolsky. Today on the podcast, we discuss Doom, the Moon, and Justin Bobby. I don't want to waste one minute. Let's get right into it. All right, man, we're back. Hi. 170. 170 episodes of the Tomorrow podcast. 170 episodes of per- like total perfection where nothing has ever been bad or wrong. That's what I love about us. Remember when we were like, Hillary Clinton's going to win. We're unbelievable <laughs> at executing on every level. Um, yeah, so we're back. It's been a crazy week. Uh, a lot of stuff has happened, both, I would say, on the personal and professional level and also in the world. You know, um, yeah. this week was a big week. We announced that um, BDG, Bustle Digital Group, acquired Inverse. Which is oh, a, I thought for a second you meant Big Dick Guy. Yeah, Big Dick Guy. No, uh, BDG Inc., as we like to call it. Um, uh, we acquired uh, Inverse, which is a kind of like a science, sort of geeky science, like culture, entertainment site um, that probably, hopefully, I would imagine some people listen to this. Many people listen to this. No, um, that's going to be a thing that we're that we're kind of like building and rebuilding and doing really fun, new, exciting things with. Um, that I'm going to be overseeing. It's going to be example really exciting, interesting connection to input, which I'm going to, which I will we will talk more about in the very near future. Um, input now, which is like we've been talking about for a while. Like one of the but this things was, this is one of the things we couldn't discuss. Yeah, this is, is that- one of the, this was one of the things we couldn't discuss. And like and and you know one of the things about in, about input is that we basically like started planning and then like went through this whole acquisition thing with the outline joining BDG, and then it was like okay now. You know, as soon as I get into there, they're like, okay, what do you think about inverse? And I was like, oh, interesting. And so that became a whole thing. And so there's really, I'm excited. I'm super pumped. Like, as you know, I'm a huge nerd. Maybe you've heard. Yeah. Uh, now we have an army of nerds we have to a, go forth into the world. We have an, a nerd army and that will be growing and really cool new shit that we're building. I'm ex- very excited. Uh, so excited. On the product side, we're building some really awesome new things to tell stories you know, and we're like integrating outline stuff on the within like the whole BDG platform, which is actually a really sick CMS and um, publishing platform. And there's just like a ton of really exciting stuff going on. Anyhow, this is just uh, I just want to say like, hello and welcome to the inverse team. They're super good and smart. And like, uh, if you've not been paying attention to inverse, you should start paying attention, especially because it's going to like get go from, from we're going to weaponize it. They go from awesome to fucking awesome. And uh, in a in a short period of time, and I'm just very excited about working with that team. I got to meet everybody and kind of talk to them a little bit more in detail. Because like when you're doing these kinds of acquisitions, like only like three people know basically, and so you can't you can't like actually talk to anybody. Because like the second you talk talk to any like one random person, like it's like out there. So anyhow, it's very exciting. It's an exciting time. There's a lot of stuff going on. I have been doing working a lot, and I'm very tired, but energized it's an exhaustion of uh it's a physical exhaustion emotional excitement yes it's all of those and so many more Uh, anyhow so that's one that's a big that's a big thing that's happened uh and what else like what else is going on ryan what is what's Um, going on with you with me well i actually have something fun to to plug oh 
Um, it's not in the uh, Apple Podcast Store because it's taking them 72 hours to approve it. Talk but I launched my new podcast. Um, it's called The Lost Episode. And it is me and a guest every week um, are improving and uh, writing an original script on air for a classic television show. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them are 100% in the vein of that show. And we try to stay really honest to the spirit of the original show and then other ones are like real housewives of the apocalypse yeah um depending on what the guest wants to do and um we're I'm doing really one we're doing one it. i have i have uh i have i have one that we've yes. talked about i know that there's one that is not only is it like a episode that i wish existed but also it has it definitely is like um well positioned thematically with the show itself mm-hmm. anyhow i know what you're talking about I'm, say, very, I'm gonna say i'm very excited <laughs> Uh, it's currently not in any of the podcasters. It might be in Google Play because they just take them so long to approve it. But if you go to my Twitter account, you can find like a sneak peek of the first episode. Um, the first episode's about Buffy, but I have like a whole bunch of crime. We have X Files, Freaks and Geeks, Glee, uh, Real Housewives, uh, Sex in the City, uh, Charmed. We have like a whole bunch of episodes in the hopper that I'm really excited about. And I've been putting a lot of time into this over the last few months. And so it's finally coming to pass. And uh, yeah, I'm really stoked. So I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys give you a heads up next week when it's on like all the proper podcast stores, but I'm super excited about it. Like it's super fun to do and everybody thinks they're going to be bad at improvising an episode of television. But in fact, if you've watched the show, you know how it works. I think it's a, a wonderful new endeavor and i think the world you know one thing i've been saying to people is what the world doesn't have is enough podcasts and if we could just make a few more wouldn't <laughs> well, that be great someone said to me they were like well i mean you've got a lot of projects going on at the moment because blessedly i am a little overbooked and i was like yeah but like i like doing this like like this is like just like a this is like going to the park for me everything else is like a blend of like i love the people i'm working with i'm excited about the content and then i got to do the work but this is just like pure joy. So if I never make a single dollar on it, this is just me getting my rocks off on air. So that's exactly how um, the Tomorrow Podcast was was uh, formed, was started. <laughs> and now we're stuck. No, <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> wah, wah. Um, so anyway, that's my little plug. No, that's um, great. That it's is not proper world news. So maybe we should get into that. Uh, no. There's a lot of world news. There's a lot of things going on. I just wanted to, I just had a, oh, I, okay. I, I know what I want to talk about first before we talk about anything else. I, Cause I just remember, cause I tweeted about it last night. We need to talk about the Hills reboot. Oh yeah. I don't know if we've like actually talked about this at all. We I mean, did maybe touch we did. on it at one point, but we haven't like gone in depth because I don't think you'd fully like. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Right. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Maybe we already talked about it, but I just want to like, I have been catching up on it because Ryan is like, I, I like forgot about it. I don't know if you know that there's this Hills reboot, right? And uh, mm-hmm. it's like most of the cast of The Hills, but then with some new additions, like Misha Barton, who was like not on The Hills. She was on a show called The OC. Which which Laguna Beach, the original show that The Hills was spun off of from, was based on. So it's very meta and full circle that like the show, it was a reality TV show version of the drama, she, network drama she was on that got spun off into The Hills. And then now, after a few cast changes and replacements in the reboot, she, the original actress, is now in the reality TV show version of her original show. It's so weird. Yeah. I um, I think it's great. I think it's uh, – anyhow, here's the thing. So the, the reality is um, 
it's just a completely bizarre show. It's like weirdly high and low. Um, yeah, it's like it's like re- reality TV and prestige drama drag. Yes, and um, it it is it is like it's mostly interesting because it takes characters that were sort of like established for with the hills. And then it like takes those like the I would say it takes like the largest chunks of those characters, you know, and turns them into these exaggerated cartoonish like sort of uh, like um, like elephantitis of a of a personality, I would say, is what it is. It's like these like these like completely like just unbelievably outsized, oversized, irregularly sized versions of their personalities. Like there's a character, Justin Bobby, who on the original Hills was like a side character that you really didn't see very much of. And was like a kind of quasi love interest of this character named Adrena. And their, their dynamic was this, like Justin Bobby was aloof and kind of like, too cool to like put labels on things aka he just yeah want- she'd be like she'd be like can you come to my birthday party i really want to introduce you to my friends and he'd be like uh i actually have something going that night and i i, I don't know like you want me at your party uh. yeah or like or like he's even more like he's like he would be like in the old hills he'd be like i don't do birthday parties like that you know mm-hmm. like okay mm-hmm. like or some shit yeah you're right you know? that's what it would be like he'd be like, like, he'd be like i don't celebrate the like, concept of time or like it's like it's too much pressure or something you know like like yeah he, he was he was like kind of like a he was like a kind of wannabe Johnny like Depp. Boy. He was kind of like a fuck boy, but like was not smart enough to for like fuck boy status. He was just like, I don't know. I would just say he was like a young Johnny Depp is how I describe him, both in look and in his like actual like personality. Like at any rate. But it was like it was like a side thing. And it was not he wasn't that exaggerated. It was basically like Adrena really likes this guy and he kind of like he's just not that into her. But now it's like become a central plot point on the show that like Justin is like this. He's so aloof that he's actually sinister and uh, he's also so dumb. Yeah, he's a real, real dummy. And that the, it's funny <laughs> like, because his friends are like, man, how do you get these girls? And he's like popping his collar or whatever like fashion he thinks is relevant. And he'll just say things that are just like, I don't engage with the diminishment of personalities, man. And you're yeah. like, that doesn't mean anything. That's not even, those aren't even words. No, he, I tweeted this thing last night and Laura and I were like dying. I, I, t- I texted it to you because we were catching up on like the last episode last night. Yeah. Where by the way, like it wasn't available to stream yet. And I'm like, I'm not going to pay $3 to watch that. I was like, yeah, I'm paying $3 to watch this. But like, <laughs> but like, he literally they're having like he's like, you know, basically, um, you know, caught between two women or whatever. And he's trying to like establish to the on the in the like the interview, the on camera interview. He's trying to tell us that he's like above it. He's above like women fighting for his affections. And he he said this that he, he like made this statement, which is so I mean, it really isn't done justice unless you see him say it. But he said, I chuckle at immaturity. I laugh at stupidity. And I just like disregard negligence. And it's like. <laughs> disregard negligence is like the most is the most nonsense set of words like ever put together it's like it's like a cellar door it's like it's like uh it is a grammatical like creation that should be put in a fucking museum that we should study it should be like studied by scientists i just like disregard negligence like it, because what, the what thing about the show i don't know is... what he thinks he means when he says that that's what i want to know and the thing about the show is that they it was sort of a fake reality show originally where they were they found a bunch of these 
like 20 somethings in LA and they would put them in situations where they would kind of tell them like, you're going to go on a date with this guy and we really think you're going to like him. So, and then they would understand that they're supposed to like this guy. And then they would like formally be like, you're going to go intern. And they would tell Kelly Catrone, their boss, like, Hey, um, Lauren needs to learn that she can't bring her friends to the office. So if that comes up and Kelly's like, got it. So it was all pretty fake, but in the intervening years since that show, if the entire world thinks you are these characters and you made these choices and you lived your life this way, they're going to treat you that way. So Audrina and Lauren and and Heidi and Spencer, everyone who's on the show, Justin, Bobby, has had those expectations placed on them by the entire world because it was a hit show since then. And they instead of Real Housewives where it's kind of like they make their choices and then they air it on TV, these some a lot of their choices were made for them by producers in this early version of reality TV. And... So now they're living up to those personalities and 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 it's to the point that they have I think internalized those identities and now they're fully acting out those characters with what seems to be like minimal prompting this round and it's bizarre to watch that they have fully Audrina is acting like Justin Bobby was the love of her life and it's like he was a guy she sort of dated for yeah. one season yeah. on TV but because it was so famous it is built up for her. Do you know what I mean? Like it is a high stakes relationship for her all of a sudden and it's so weird to watch. I mean, I it's. I gotta it's, get you into Vanderpump Rules. It's, no, I, like tried, I started. I gotta tell you. I gotta tell you. We started watching an episode the other day, and I couldn't. I could not take like ten minutes of it. I couldn't. It's so <gasps> brutal to watch. It really. But is if like, this is like a Trenta with like double shot of caffeine, Vanderpump Rules is like meth. Like it's the straight stuff. Like, can I just say? Can I just say, the Hills thing is. I mean, I think. Watching it reminds me of what I really dislike about reality television and, frankly, most television in general. Um, I think that – I think that uh, it's – we really – I mean, we're really killing – we're, like, really fucking ourselves up. And, by the way, there's a report that just came out that, like, bad TV is, like, as actually making people dumber and making them more likely to support populist politicians. And I definitely see – like, I have to say – like watching, I just watched the the Kardashian. I watched the Kardashian episode where they like, you know, where 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 Kim. I think we talked about this. Where Kim is like petitioning, you know, Trump to like get a, get a sentence, get someone's sentence shortened, and yeah. like you know now like they're like we're talking to Trump about Aesop, you know, Aesop Rocky being you know um, uh, detained in is that is that who's detained in Sweden right now? Yeah, whatever. And it's like. It's that kind of shit that's like it really softens. Like suddenly you're like, oh, well, my favorite – these favorite reality show, show stars are like kind of cool with this person. And like I think it's all very dangerous. And I think a lot of the people on these shows, like as I watch them, I'm like you've got like a very like Republican point of view about things. Like a very like weirdly conservative right-wing point of view about the world that feels bad. And I do think like – you know, I, I don't know. Like watching like Brody and like Spencer Pratt. And like, like, do these people like, who are they? What do they really think? What is the quality of their like? I mean, they seem bad to me. They seem like bad people. That's my impression. Like, not nice or good people. No, I don't think that they are. And I think reality TV does thrive on mixing a couple of normal people with lots of bad people. Yeah, but there are no more normal out. people now. There, are, it used to be like okay, it used to be like this. There is a show called The Real World, and in like the second season of The Real World, I believe it was the second season, they had a character named Puck. And Puck was like kind of the first ever villain 
like popular on a popular like wide widely seen reality show. I want to say it was season two. It might have been season three. Hold on a second. Real world. I think it was season two. I think it was season two. I think that's where they kind of introduced the. I don't mean normal as in like regular people like you and me. I mean what 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 the character archetype of voice of reason, which Misha Barton is currently in, which is when someone acts completely out of pocket, like bizarre behavior. They say like, "Hey, um, you're acting a little weird." Do you know what I mean? Like that person, they need that. You always need that person in the cast for contrast. Yeah. Uh yes. Oh, the real world San Francisco is the third season. Oh, it's the third season. Yeah. Okay. Um, was two New York? No, Los Angeles. Oh, and, that's right. And, and Los right. Angeles didn't really have a villain. I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, like, probably in some way they made like the black guy who was on it the villain because that's like what all the real worlds did for like ten years before they were yeah. like, wait, we're racist. It was always a black guy or a gay guy who right. like ruined everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, except for Puck. I mean, admittedly, Puck was like a white guy who was a completely obnoxious villain who was a like, shitty to everybody. And I think mm-hmm. that was the point where like people were like, Oh, there has to be this character that actually explodes everything. So well, that- that's the point where they would start casting a racist and a, like, and a, and a, so- what was an early version of a social justice warrior, like an outspoken minority. Right. And then yes. they would put them in the same room or something. Yeah, with a ton it, of yeah. And the person would be like, I'm sorry. I just don't think gay people deserve to live. And like that would be the you know that's the episode. That's the episode. But like I think that, and I know that this is redundant to say when like a reality TV star is president because of the image purported by a network about him. Yeah. But when I watch Real Housewives or Bravo, I, I know that I I come off like I love these shows, and I definitely there are there is a real thrill to it. But it is also sort of an anthropological sort of interest because. I have seen the adoption of philosophies and patterns of behavior and behavioral patterns like um like a like a scripts for interacting with each other that work for reality TV but don't make a ton of sense in person which is like I'm sorry you feel that way or the concept of owning it like if you do something horrible and you just own that you did it like you'd be like yeah I did that then then it's okay then we don't have to talk about it anymore you owned it and that's not like a real thing people do. You can't go to court and plead like, you know what, Your Honor, I own it. Like yeah. you can't do yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, that's not but like those. Those patterns of behavior are now mainstream politics. Yes, like they're, Trump they're... fully gets away with things by owning it no, or no, saying, they're... "I'm sorry, I made Mexicans feel that no, way." No, they're, 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 the, the the reality show behavior has become like commonplace, and it's completely fucking insane. Another thing that ha- keeps happening on this show that I think is like the kinds of like weird reasoning that people do is like. Like there's this whole storyline about like whether or not Brody invited Spencer to go to Vegas for like Brody's DJ game, which by the way, Brody is a hilarious and pathetic character on the show in so many ways. But like, but like, but like they're like, uh, somebody's, you know, somebody says to, to Spencer, to Steph, uh, to, um, Heidi, uh, Heidi Pratt, I guess is her name now. And Heidi Montag Pratt or whatever. They're like, you know, well, well, Brody, you know, uh, well, Spencer, you know, somebody's like, she's like, Spencer wasn't invited. And then somebody's like, yes, he was. And it's like, was he? Can someone just like find out? Could we just get, is, was there an email? Was there a text? Could we ask Spencer whether or not he was invited? Could we ask Brody if he invited him? Like, I don't feel like they it ever. It just comes down to he said, she said. It's like, I said I invited him. You said we didn't. Well, it must be something in the middle. Like, no, it mustn't. There's either a text or there isn't. Yeah, no, no. It's like it's like this thing with, it's like the, there's a whole drama around, sorry, we're talking about this for way too long, but there's this whole drama around um, whether or not Stephanie, uh, whether or not uh, Justin Bobby told Stephanie Pratt that um, 
that that Audrina kissed him and whether or not they actually kissed. And I'm like, you literally have fucking cameras on you 24 seven. There were definitely cameras on you at the party where you claimed to, where it's claimed that you guys kissed. Well, let's just review the tape. How about that? How about you just show the like literally, I mean, even to the viewer of the show, they are not sharing like what actually happened. And it's like, so the engine of the engine of drama on the show is like totally unresolved and apparently unresolvable questions about who did what to whom. And like everyone's a puck. So like there isn't there isn't like an instigator and then people who are dealing with the instigation. It's like everyone is in some form of an instigator. But here's the thing. This I don't think we're I don't think we are talking about this for too long because this is the thing that I find fascinating. Like this feeling you're feeling like we were like, what the fuck? Like these people, how can you act like this? And like there's clear evidence or there isn't. And like these weird behavior patterns that they get into in order to support their egos or whatever personality disorders we're working with. That is the thing that the entire Bravo network is built on. And the reason that that's important rather than just like a way that a soap opera is functioning, because we've always had soap operas, is that. In the way that soap operas gave us true crime stuff, which was like the OJ trial, the Lacey Peterson case, John Binet, that became like a version of reality TV. And then networks realized that they didn't need a full murder and they didn't need to show up to courthouses. They could just put people fighting into a house. That is seems all superfluous to entertainment. Like it seems like the bottom of the barrel. But when an entire network is built on that and a whole format is driven by that and you dress it up the way The Hills is being dressed up, which is the way Vanderpump Rules is dressed up, which is as prestige as these people are beautiful and they're rich and they're special now and we all have to pay attention to them. The the kind of logic that works for those shows spills over into the real world and you have these situations where like it, it, it it's fully I'm saying that this is what happened, even if it's on tape you're disloyal to me or you're not a real fan or you don't support me. There's a lot of like throwing around the world words like he didn't support me. You didn't support my event. You're not supporting my charity. You haven't supported my marriage. Like a logic that I have never used in real life. I've never wondered if someone quote unquote supported my marriage or supported my event. Like you could either make my birthday party or you can't. You yeah. have a conflict. No, no, no. It's, it's fine. In- it's insane. I mean, but, it's- but, but that has carried over into politics where now people blindly quote unquote support Trump and they're loyal to him, even if they are presented with facts on camera of something that, that he's lying about. They have they're they are they feel enabled and fully free to choose loyalty over anything else because these TV shows have like I, I really believe have impacted the American psychology where we believe loyalty and being on teams and supporting each other is more important than getting the facts correct or or admitting you did something wrong or owning or, or take not owning something, taking ownership of like your culpability. And that psychology is the thing I feel like I've been beating a drum about for a while because I have seen the people who are loyal viewers of this show adopt this mentality. And then that has bled out into people I know who don't even watch these shows, but that, that these patterns of behaviors have rippled through society to the degree that I've heard my mom use phrases that are from real housewives and she doesn't even watch scripted TV. And it's, it's very weird to me. And, and the Hills right now to me is the lightning rod most perfect version of it because it is these characters we've lived with for so long and they're all desperate for money and they're all older and yet they're they think the solution to the problems that were made by being famous are like to get more famous which is such a trumpian logic it's like the idea that like more money will fix your more money more problems problems and that's insane and so i don't know i i think like i heavily recommend that if you have any interest listener in watching this sort of play out from an anthropologist 
like a anthropological perspective, do it because it's so weird. Yeah. No, no, it's crazy. And also I just think, yeah, I mean, I think generally the, the kind of like reality showification of things is having like, I mean, it is, it is this like, I mean, that's what social media is. Or just, that's yeah, social media. Is. That's right. That's right. It's all, it's all like you being viewed by people performing a version of you that is the version you think that people want to see and that you think like you if you to go project. to the park and you have a nice picnic nobody sits in that picnic and thinks like what a great day this is and takes like maybe a polaroid to put on their wall we are now there performing through our phones a version of our lives that and so if it isn't bucolic and it doesn't go well and we don't get all the comments and the affirmation it didn't really matter and I feel like I can feel that in my friendships sometimes. And I've tried to make a point of not really posting big life events or things I'm really excited to be at on Instagram. I take pictures because I enjoy taking pictures, but I've tried to like not perform it as much because it, 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 it really impacts your psychology when you're in that moment. And that impacts how you talk to people and the like trickle effect on that on your whole life. Like we haven't grappled with that as a society. Yeah. Like we, we barely grappled with television and yeah. now we're all in our own television shows. So I was actually just talking to, um, uh, this teacher and author, Jenny O'Dell, who who's an artist who's done all these like interesting, like internet art projects, just wrote this book about kind of like, um, about getting off of the internet and getting off of social media and like, you know, sort of importance and ways to think about that. Um, and, and she teaches at uh, Stanford. She was saying that, that she was talking to a class about, um, about the idea that Instagram is a performance and, and YouTube for the same people is like where they're kind it's like the behind the scenes because they were talking about people putting like fails on YouTube, like talking about things that happened to them that were bad and horrible or stupid or where they had a bad situation. And like their Instagram is like where everything looks polished and beautiful and performative. And then, then YouTube is this place where they are like the behind the scenes or like the things that didn't go well or like at the time I screwed up this thing. But then like that's also another type of performance. And you're sort of like where's the real – like, where's the real part of you, right? Where is that held? And where does that live? And like, does it exist? I mean, it's, it's, like, the, it's like the thing that, that, that Warren Beatty says to Madonna in Truth or Dare. He's like, you know, is it worth saying if it's not being filmed? And at the time, it was like, he was making fun of Madonna because Madonna wanted cameras on her all the time because Madonna was like an international superstar um, and was like doing everything as a performance, which makes a lot of sense. But now it's like we're all we all think that like we're all kind of in the is it worth saying if there's no camera on you or if it's not being filmed. I mean, the last bastion of personal reflection or like like creating something privately, I think even therapy, you have a therapist there and you're performing for the therapist in a certain extent. There was a there was a way of performing for an imaginary audience that you knew didn't exist, like which was keeping a diary or keeping a journal. And I remember when blogs came around and we were openly posting our journals and I knew that they weren't the full truth, but they were presented in this authenticity way, which like the boy I liked in high school kept a a blog. So I would read it every day and I would know everything about him, which wasn't healthy. And at the time, I knew that was crazy stalker behavior, but now it's just standard that we're all keeping up on everybody's every thought and whim. And and where is privacy? Like, who's keeping a diary anymore? And and it, do, do, do we lose something if we're not doing that, like, private creation and the private reflection? And, like, the – it's – it's listen, I mean, it's like the performance is – the diary is the, is the public performance now, you know? And and frankly, it makes our – it makes our discourse – worse 
and and ruder and and less sensitive to like actual humanity but it also turns the concept of value from a point where we felt like we had objective value because of the people in our lives and that we liked ourselves and what we knew about ourselves and now instead of writing in your diary like wow i really had a cathartic entry today i think i wrote something down finally that I, ha- I had been unable to admit to myself and now I did and now it's on paper and I got to process it and it's in a drawer and it's locked and that's fine. Um, now the value isn't in how it made you feel after or what that exercise or that expression did for you. It's does other people like it? And it shapes the way you see yourself or like the way you Sometimes you'll post something on Instagram and you know that it's a little disingenuous, but once you get all that validation, you adopt that as part of your own narrative and your story, and you're changing the way you saw something that happened to you, and it puts all of the value on other people. So instead of being a society, which we're constantly saying, like, you have to like yourself first. You do, What other people think of me is none of my business. I don't care what people think. Yeah. Like, that We keep saying that, yeah. and yet we've assigned all of our society value on imaginary internet points. Eh. We can turn including, those into money including, now. Including, by the way, including, um, you know, I mean, th- this is like literally the mute, like everything. Okay, we're like going down a rabbit hole, but like music also, like what we what we now like, the, the core thing that we are interested in in music is tends to be like how fucking great you are. Like, in all genres of music, it's like you basically can't write a song that isn't about like you being the shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, which is like, you know what? That's not really that great of a fucking like mode of existence. All right, let's get off this topic because let's talk about there's a really important topic, which is that all the Doom games are available now on the Switch, the <laughs> Xbox One, and the PS4. Every Doom. Doom, Doom 2, Doom 3. I think they're on iOS and Android, too. I think that like may be true. Everywhere. That may be true. Anyhow, I'm very excited. Uh, somebody told me, I was, oh, I was talking to Chris Grant from Polygon, and he was like, who we need to have on this show again soon. Um, he was like, you got to play um, whatever the last Doom game was, like Doom, I guess. Yeah, Doom. <laughs> he was like, you got to play it. It's awesome. And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, maybe I will play it. Maybe I'll just do it, all of really them. It's really good. I'm going to fucking do all of them. You and me need to get into a fucking Doom death match right now. Anyhow, I um I uh I also downloaded Blazing Chrome, which is like a, a spiritual successor to Contra on Switch, and it's phenomenal. Oh, I it's saw so that. Good. Is it good? It's so good. Should I I'm check it out? It. All right. Yeah, I'm looking at the. Quake. It's like the Sonic Mania of Contras. I'm looking at the QuakeCon um, hashtag right now, and it's actually wild. Apparently, there's also a thing called Slayers Club, which is like a Doom related thing, which has a really good logo. It's like very, I was pretty sure that was Buffy related content, but I don't think so. Anyhow, all right, what's on the list? Let's let's burn through some non reality show shit. You want to talk about Jeffrey Epstein? Uh, no, I don't. I don't, I don't either. Should. I don't either. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Pedo- I mean, amazing pedophile jailed finally. Apparently, he like hurt himself. I have a theory. There was a story where he's like he hurt himself and he was like rushed to the hospital or something or found yeah. injured. My theory is he's about to stage the most elaborate fucking breakout of all time because he's a billionaire and is gonna be like a fake kill himself. Like 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 something's gonna happen where like you know he's like rushed into like a surgery and then somehow like there's a body swap and like they slide him out of like some tube out of a window and he gets into like a chopper that takes him to a private plane that he flies to like some kind of island somewhere that he owns that's my that's what i think is going to happen i could be wrong he actually does own an island i think so but i think you can kind of get to it anyhow i know what to say this guy's a pedophile i like literally was looking at articles from like you know there are articles have been articles about this guy being a fucked up pedophile forever he got some kind of insane i mean i don't really want to talk about it that much 
All I can say is like it appears that justice is finally being served with this dude. Thanks to I'm, just, I'm honestly just sick of seeing his fucking face everywhere. So am I. So am I. But thanks to New York courts, which hopefully have like Donald Trump in their sights, like justice is actually the the, the new the, you know the 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 Southern District of New York is actually taking uh, a, like real action on people who are fucking true villains in society, rich motherfuckers who are abusing their power and their money and their positions to prey on people. And like you know what. Fucking grind this motherfucker up. That's all I have to say. Grind him and turn him into pasta. I, I just can't. <laughs> I mean, I guess I can believe, but it is shocking to me that money means so much to people that they would look the other way over like hundreds of kids. Oh, dude. I mean, this is like money, money. People, people just love money so much that they can swallow that. Like, like I couldn't swallow that. For a billion dollars, a billion dollars, I could not sleep at night knowing that some child was abused for me to get that money. I don't know. And I don't know. Really? People, that's an interesting. Lots of people took that payout. No, 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 I couldn't no, I do know, it. I would kill myself. I, mean, but, I would throw myself off a roof. By the way, nobody got a billion dollars for the record. Just I know. To be clear. That's what I'm saying. Like it, in the most extreme version of this, yeah. these some of these people got a hundred grand for to keep quiet about hundreds of, of children. Yeah, no, hundreds. It's nuts. It's it's super it's super crazy. It's an interesting question, actually. Like that's a great sort of like challenge it's like for a billion dollars would you like what would what would you cover up for a billion dollars you know like what what, what would it is it a murder is it rape I think is it's it easy pedophilia for to say in like a in a in a like an imaginary scenario like fully n never gonna really happen like yeah i do that a billion bucks come on but if you actually think about what the rest of your life living knowing that would be like you would have to be a sociopath to not like you're, you're, whenever your thoughts drifted in the shower, how would they not drift to this horrible fucking thing that you allowed to happen? And this is lots of people. Apparently they could all just self delude and like move. Like it's so horrifying. No, it's That's what really scares me. Cause I know there are pedophiles. I know there are billionaires, but the idea that everyone is fine with a pedophile billionaire is like for so long that I can't deal with. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, um, look, it's, it's, I mean, look, I, but I think I hate to take this back to Trump, but like, look at how much is being ignored and tolerated. Look at what's happening with these kids at the border. People like children are fucking literally dying. They're like kids are literally being caged and they're dying. And so many hundreds, if not thousands, if not millions of people are basically complicit in it by not pushing back against it, by not speaking up about it. I mean, think of every Republican. Think you know, of, this is why I want to go into therapy with some Republican family members and just just so that I can understand that what they're disregarding yeah. and, and that they are they that, that they can objectively look at the situation and say that's bad, but I'm fine with it because like I just need to hear it. I mean, listen, because it's so hard for me. To be in a this room is with meat. This is meat. I'm sorry. This is meat eating for people. It is like how how you can the further further you can get away from it the easier it is to never have to think about it and not have to, ra you can rationalize it and you don't really have to like be confronted, right? Well, that is true. I mean, it is the thing with, I never talk about meat eating with people. I'm vegetarian, but I, I, I never want to be the ignoring vegetarian. I don't bring it up. But when people do bring it up to me and they'll say something, I stayed at an Airbnb in Philly with my extended family. That was a converted old butcher like building and some of the stuff was still up and there were still photos of some of the animals like um like like you know like what the building looked like when it was functioning and so you could see meat and they were all like ew i can't believe this is in our place and i was like we just went to a steak restaurant yeah like we just did it's fine if you're fine with it but yeah. you seem not fine with yeah. it so can we just what are no, we talking i mean about? i mean look people denial is denial is a powerful fucking drug and 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 so anyhow so people deny they deny all sorts of things and like it's hard to look it is
It's hard to watch. Okay. But like sometimes you have to. And sometimes you have to say something about it. Uh, well, anyhow. I'm glad he's going to prison. I hope he gets murdered in prison, but the real kind, not the secret island kind. Yeah. Let's talk about the moon landing for a second. Ah, 50th anniversary 50th of anniversary. something that did happen. Yeah. That did happen. And I just want to say, we have a story on theoutline.com that you should go read. It's called Finding God on the Moon. And it's about the kind of intersection between like religion and space exploration. And and frankly, how like many astronauts have a kind of like really like deep spirituality and deep sort of like strain of religion that runs through a lot of their like um, interest in, in, in what is outside of, you know, our sort of known, our known universe. Um, and it's a really, just a really kind of beautiful and interesting story. Now, as you know, I'm, a, I'm an atheist. And so like religion, organized religion tends to be, uh, I tend to have an allergic reaction to it, though I think this is an interesting story. As of, Trixie Mattel said on YouTube recently, yeah. uh, winner of RuPaul's Drag Race, yeah. just because we're all little kids doesn't mean there's a sitter. Wow. So true. So true. But anyhow, the story is a really cool story about um, sort of the, the, the intersection of religion and space exploration. Uh, and I recommend everybody reading it. It's called, like I said, called Finding God on the Moon. Um, I think there's, it's interesting. There's a lot of like, obviously the 50th anniversary of the moon landing. We're all sort of talking about space and the moon. And it's the thing I'm reminded of most as I read all this stuff is how easy it was, how simple it was to feel that things were moving in the right direction because of like a single act you know like people felt like this concept of like sending a spaceship to the moon and getting like people to stand on the moon which is now seems by the way incredible and impossible like have they been back they haven't been back have they no we've been back to the moon have we been back to the moon when's the last time we yeah. walked on the moon um i'm pretty sure like china oh, 2024 we're going to return to the moon according to this article okay. um but but it's 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 interesting like anyhow but it's like that but even now i mean now if you were like we're going back to the moon that would not matter if you're like we're going to mars it's like one small story in a sea of other and a flood of other stories that like are make it seem insignificant um and you know it does seem like at the time of course i wasn't alive but at the time it seems like this was a way to get people on the same page and like i feel like so increasingly we have the only thing that we have to get people on the same page is outrage you know, is it is well, it is a machine of cancellation that, and outrage? But the hope is that we would we would all get united against the common enemy, enemy, which is climate change and the destruction of the environment, and that would be the thing. But the problem with that is that it doesn't capture your imagination. It's yeah, not like it's an enemy. There's no corollary, but there's no corollary to like Columbus. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a common enemy, but we don't have a cultural story for this common enemy. There's right. no like thing you can punch. That's correct. That's correct. There's no bad. There's no bad guy to assault. Um, and I think that, you know, I think that it's important. I mean, look, I, I do think, I don't know. I mean, there is definitely a, I don't know. I don't know if we can even do it anymore. Even if it's a good guy, forget about like good guys or, I mean, forget about like whether it's a bad guy or whatever. Is there even a way to get people around an idea that's positive these days? Like about get people excited. Like I feel like excitement has been, you know, and by the way, I blame Apple a little bit for this. I blame the iPhone launches. I do think like we've gotten a little bit like numb. I was going like, to say the only thing that people get excited about now are things that they'll get to own. 
Yeah, but even now that's like that has kind of like tapered off to some extent. And even like a person like Elon Musk, who like a little while ago I would have been like, Elon Musk is like a Steve Jobs level genius. But now we're like Steve Jobs was a piece of shit. And then you're like, oh, Elon Musk is actually a piece of shit. And you're like, wait, are they actually geniuses or are they just like great marketers? Like I used to be like, you know, a few years ago with Elon Musk, I was like, wow, this guy's really revolutionizing an industry that has like for a long time felt like nothing ever, nothing new would ever happen in it. He could like change the world. And now he's like, you know, selling like he's selling like flamethrowers and um, like making fake like Hyperloop products that end up being bunk and talking about like brain interfaces. And it's like, dude, like, what are you doing? But it's I don't even think it's the problem because I think the response to this would be like, well, everyone's critically thinking about all the minutia and we're all talking all the time. So now we're unable to get excited because everyone's always, someone always has a complaint. Some SJW always has a complaint, but I think the actual fact of it is we haven't learned yet how to contain multitudes or nuance and to say like, you know, it's so great. We went to the moon. There are some problems inherent with the fact that we only sent white men. We should probably talk about that, but we can still be excited that we went to the moon in the way that like, I can enjoy a Marvel movie and have some like light critiques and still like it and be just as excited as everybody else. Um, and I think we haven't all gotten there yet to the point where we could be like, it'd be so great to go to Mars. And everybody's like, yeah, let's go to Mars. That would be amazing. Like, let's like, let's work really hard. And, and, but also hold in your mind that like, this is money being spent in a particular way. And if we can try to shape the way that it's spent so that we can get some innovations out of going to Mars that we could use here on earth to solve some problems here. Like it's just, it's a lot for people to take on with yeah. one particular thing. Yeah. So I, I feel like we haven't made that transition in the way we talk about things yet. Right. And like, that was why Hillary Clinton lost was that we couldn't be like, she's amazing in a lot of ways. I have some light critiques. I hope she fixes some of this stuff. I don't support war. And I think we have to get money out of politics, but you know, she should be president. People couldn't do that. They had to just be like, fuck her, fuck the whole system. Whoever's going to burn it down. And because there was not a way to like wrap it all up and be like, I am vast and contain multitudes. It was just like, this whole system sucks and I don't want to engage with it. Um, but you know what? I have, I actually have something to tell you. Um, did you know that the moon is technically part of the, um, under the purview of the archdiocese of Orlando? Like if you're the Bishop of Orlando, you're also the Bishop of the moon. That's tight. Because the way that the Catholic church works is that until a church is physically built and, and whatever, wherever the port of where you left from was that is who controls whatever they discover so the because it left from orlando the original moon landing that is technically part of that like they're under the purview of that part of the catholic church i always think that's very funny Hmm. that is interesting um very interesting i hope that there's did they make they put a little church up there or something um hopefully not because if we're building anything on the moon i hope it's not a useless building but right that'd be bad i don't think we've built anything on the moon yet soon though soon um all right what else is going on let's talk about some let's talk about some non-controversial items do we have any of those on our list um uh, avengers endgame beat avatar for the highest yes movie ever take that uh navi pan, pan pandora so what's called the land, the planet they're Jake, on? Jake, wait, what was his name? Jake, Sunny. Wait, know. what was it? What's no his name? It's like, 
it, the um, Jake Sully. Jake Sully is the main character of oh, Avatar. Is he? Yeah, take that, Jake Sully. Uh, that's cool. Um, uh, Rucker Howard died. That's very sad. Yeah. I don't know. There's nothing to say about that. One thing about Rucker Howard is like he really he really wasn't in that many good movies. I mean, like I, I love Rucker Howard. He was in some great movies. Most of them are like cult films. Um, he wasn't like a guy who was ever in like a great movie. I mean, like a, like a, like a classically like, you know, the Godfather. He's not in that. He's not in the Godfather. But he was an amazing actor, um, and he'll be missed. And he was not that old. He was only seventy five. So, you know, it's very sad. Um, Picard trailer. Picard trailer. I think Picard looks awesome. Yeah, I hopefully have, this is the true return to form for the franchise. I have a theory. My theory is that Picard is going to have like Alzheimer's in the show, and uh, that and that and part the show of, will be about transition. And that part of the thing is going to be like him kind of like grappling with like losing his memory or like having like misplaced memories or like kind of slipping out of time. Or maybe it'll be like that, but then we'll find out the Borg have gotten him again and they're doing some kind of experiments on his brain. And he's like shifting between like times because you think he's like, oh, shit, like he's got Alzheimer's. But then it turns out that they're like actually like fucking with him. Mm-hmm. All of these sound good to me, frankly. Yeah, um, I watched all of these. I'm very excited about it. Uh, I, I'm going to guess I'm going to have to resubscribe to CBS All Access, even though I unsubscribe because they like um, wouldn't put something on there because they were worried about how the Chinese government would react to it. And mm-hmm. uh, on the on the good fight. Oh yeah, yeah. God, that I forgot that that even happened. It's because insane. The world is so bad that that yeah. just slipped so, my mind. There's just there's just so many bad things going on. Anyhow, um, what else? What else? Did you bad? see? Oh well, I mean, there was the whole Mueller thing this week, which is in itself, I don't think, terribly interesting because my mom called me and was like, "I didn't get to see it. Like, can you give me your take on it? Because your dad keeps talking about it, and like, my dad's might be." An unreliable narrator. Your dad's like politics. they don't have anything. The president's completely got off scot free, right? Like that. And I, and, and I was like, listen, even Mueller seems a little exhausted at this point because he's the information is there. Like Trump is a criminal who committed high crimes and misdemeanors and is part of a conspiracy, and and the evidence is there for impeachment, um, and that he's not a safe person to have an office. And people don't want to do anything about it because they're scared that voters will dislike that they did something. Yeah. What you're, and what you're supposed to do, what you're supposed to do. That's now, really well that that is. Yeah. You're, now it's like, you're supposed to start impeachment hearings and like finish the investigation basically. Yeah. That's and like, people don't want to do that because they're scared that they'll look spiteful. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I guess like AOC and, and uh, Nancy Pelosi were having some kind of big meeting today. So maybe maybe like the whole thing with them is well, like hopefully after she teaches her how TikTok works they'll get to something like of substance. No, but maybe the whole thing with this like battle between the um battle between the uh uh like different sides of the Democrats like you know the more the 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 squad and whoever else that you know the other people the old people maybe that whole thing is just like it's like one of those things in a movie where like the people who are like fighting against each other then have to team up. It's like in the Batman Superman movie where yeah. like, oh, wow, Batman wants to kill Superman. And you're like, wow. Well, this it's is- like when Loki is suddenly one of the Avengers. Exactly. Maybe that's what's going to happen. Maybe this is all a stage thing so that people can be like, holy shit. They're like, now it's like the dream team. They're all together on the side of righteousness or whatever. Just saying like maybe they're actually like it's like 40 chess. Is that possible? Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Uh, or or. or. This is just another on our another like stop on our winding roller coaster towards doom. I know, really, maybe. 
I don't know. All right, what else? I mean, should we? Are we? Is this a short one today? I don't know. It feels yeah, like. Yeah, I think this is. Feels like there hasn't, even one. though there seems like a lot of news. It feels like there actually isn't much new news. Yeah, it just seems to be continuing. I mean, there's the stuff going on in Puerto Rico, which again, like, there. My take on it is like, got, the governor seems like a terrible person. Uh, and I hope those people, when they tear his administration down, put up someone better. But I don't have faith that that angry mobs vote correctly. So I don't really know. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I, 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 I like wish the people of Puerto Rico, uh, any period of time in which they are allowed to like flourish and grow and be healthy without natural disasters and horrifying politics and racism, but it's not looking great. So <laughs> I don't really know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's horrifying, but I, I mean, it's like the ice arresting American citizens thing where it's like, that's really horrible. I don't know how to stop them from doing that because every time we try to stop them from doing horrifying things, like nobody wants to take real substantive action. They just sort of like post with a hashtag. And so I I don't want to get apathetic, but the other part of me is like, I don't know what to do with this besides be loud and like donate a bunch of my whatever expendable income I have. Like, I don't really know. Like that's horrifying. I should not be doing that. But I also don't know like what substantively like if the public isn't willing to get mad about this stuff anymore, like people should be marching in the streets over that. That's like horrifying Nazi, like Japanese internment camp stuff. Yes. But, but people don't want to march in the streets. So I don't like, sometimes I think I'm the crazy one, but I am like, if I went to therapy and they told me not to react in horror to some of this stuff, that would be a bad therapist. So am I the crazy one? You know what I mean? Yes. I, I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. It's we're living in it. We're living in just a very bizarre time where nothing, where nothing that is logical seems to make any sense. And yeah. it's painful. It's painful. But Anyhow, maybe. Yeah. There's nice things. There's always nice <laughs> things. And I think now more than ever is the time to talk about them. Yeah. Um, do you, you go, have you any first do i have any nice okay. things uh, i thought you were gonna say the hills but that ended up being a news item i know you do your nice things and i'll figure it out okay um so i went and saw kathy griffin's new documentary um and the documentary itself like her stand-up i've always liked even the like less the more quote-unquote problematic-y stuff where she um i guess she would make jokes about people's appearance and stuff that it's people consider bullying. And I totally get that. And we've definitely moved past that, but I do think there's a, there was a place in the journey of comedy, especially for women comedians breaking into that space, um, like for people like Joan Rivers. And I think it's hard to judge what the jokes they were trying to make and the way they were trying to like fight power and speak truth to power during the like context of their time was. Um, but the current iteration of Kathy Griffin, um, is really centered in politics because of she had that whole scandal where she held up a Halloween mask of the president's head that had ketchup on it and people took it as a death threat. And she was the first entertainer in the United States to be investigated by the Secret Service and the CIA and have the power of the president like turned on her. Um, She is currently treated legally very similarly to a terrorist. Uh, She can't fly without spending building in like a day or so for customs to interview her everywhere she goes and she travels around the world for her shows um and so she did a new documentary where she documented for about like a half an hour of the movie is really getting a taste of like the horror that that can bring upon you like um 
people sent death threats to her, which is bad, but expected. Um, but they sent death threats to her sister who was dying of cancer at the time after she shaved her head in solidarity. Uh, people then got wise to the fact that her sister probably had cancer and they would send her horrifying letters. And even though her sister, we don't know her sister's politics and her sister's going through a horrible time that's unrelated to Kathy Griffin. And you just see like the real horrors of humanities were like kind of turned out on her. And then she does a the back half of the documentary, like a solid hour and a half is a stand up special. Um, and I didn't love the editing. Um, I didn't love the way that it was cut up. And I didn't love the like sweetening that they did with like, you know, laugh track or whatever. But the actual content in there is really good and kind of really inspiring. And it's great to hear something so fresh and awesome from a woman of a certain age who has been a known like quantity of what she does for a long time uh, to see someone like really evolve like that with their work and stay as engaged and vibrant and um, fresh and um, honest and not to resort to Kardashian jokes or whatever, like shtick was working for her at, at a certain time. Like her thing has always been speaking truth to power. And for a while that was celebrity and now it's politics. And um, for someone who aspires to do comedy in some capacity more, um, it's really cool to see that. And um, she did a Q and a afterward with Tina Brown and she couldn't even get through that without making jokes to Tina Brown about how like privileged her life is. Um, at one point she was like, Tina, I have a question for you. Do you have any Fabergé eggs in your home? And when the apocalypse comes, do you think those will be worth anything? <laughs> and it's just like, yeah. it was really funny and great. Um, so that was a nice thing. Um, another nice thing was that uh, Veronica Mars dropped a new season a week early for Kristen Bell's birthday, right after my birthday. Um, and it was great and awesome. And I've always loved that show so much. I love the books. I loved the crowdfunded movie. Um it's like a show about, if you've not seen it, it's a show about like a teen detective and then she grows up and, and it's sort of stays in her hometown and she's still like a private investigator. Um, but it, those are like the, that's like the concept, but in broad strokes, the show is about like trauma and like the armor and the skills you build up as someone who is ostracized or traumatized and how those things can like help you survive, but they're also a hindrance to thriving. Like the things that you can use to fight off bullies or to like keep yourself sane or to like carve a space for yourself in the world. Um, those can also be the things that hold you back from like being able to have healthy relationships or trust people or, you know, let your guard down. Um, and as someone who grew up definitely employing a lot of survival, like, like my sense of humor was always like a survival technique more than it was like something I like that was naturally flowing out of me. And it's sort of fun to, see a character over the same time that I grew up because that show came out when I was in high school, like grow up with me and deal with the, that like trauma and that level of like ostracization and um, like what it does to people. And it's great to see like a character kind of grow with me in that way. And the new season's really good. Patton Oswalt is in it. Um, so I highly recommend that. And then I know it's a lot, but my last oh my nice God. thing is, my last ahead. nice thing is um I didn't want to really have a big 30th birthday party, but um my fiance kind of was like, you have to do something. So I put together a karaoke night, which is happening tonight for anyone that wants to come. Um, I just kind of invited everybody. Um, and hopefully people will show up. But a lot of my childhood friends from high school couldn't make that time. Uh, so John the other day was like, I'm taking you to a surprise. And I didn't know what it was. And I thought we were going to see like a Broadway show or something. And when we got to this restaurant that I really like, all my childhood friends were there. They'd all traveled from several states. Um, and they all brought me like handmade gifts 
and we went out we had like a night of like we we did we also did karaoke that night we went to see like a drag show and we saw like go-go dancers and it was like really really fun and really unexpected and um it was so nice to like connect with those people because like a lot of people come in and out of your life but those like long-term people are really special so that was a nice thing um and i think that's everything that i like enjoyed this week wow um well you know earlier i was talking about elon musk and uh, uh, I, my nice thing is not that great this week, but I've been, I took, I finally uh, took a, a Tesla for a test drive. Have I talked about this? Have we I discussed so. this at all? You said you wanted to get a Tesla. Yeah. Have we talked about this on the podcast? I think for a second you said at some point that your next car was going to be a Tesla. Well, there's also an Audi uh, a ch- electric car now that they have. Uh, and um, anyhow, I, I'm just excited. My lease is up soon and I'm excited to not put gas in a car anymore. And I really hope, I hope I'm not alone. I really hope that there are more cars for people that are, here's the main thing. Okay. Like I'm really good at putting my phone on a charger at night and then like having a full charge the next day. I think that it would be great to do the same with my car all the time when I'm driving now. I'm like, Oh fuck, I only have 10 miles of gas left. Like, and then I have to go somewhere and stand there and pump a bunch of nasty fucking crude shit into my car that is bad for the environment and destroying people's lives. It's just like dinosaur bits. It really is. And so anyhow, I'm excited. I've just been thinking a lot and sort of like, um, you know, armchair shopping for, uh, for what the car, the problem is there aren't that many cars that are electric and that's a problem. Like we need to fix that. My dad was just looking at cars and he was trying, you know, my dad is that kind of like, uh, he he is quote unquote conservative in like his uh, voting patterns and the way that he like listens to media and his reaction to issues. But when it comes down to like stuff that requires like day to day choices and common sense, like do you like gay people or do you want an electric car? He like ends up going with those choices, which is always so funny to me. But he wanted something that was super fuel efficient, and he was looking at electric car options and the ones on the table didn't really match what he needed so he had to get something that was like fuel efficient i forgot what he got but something that was fuel efficient but also like could do the things he wanted yeah and i was just like why are we not like car companies like fill the hole like let's spin up some other car like why isn't there an electric pickup truck yeah i mean there's so much anyhow i just you know like i literally had never driven a tesla that's the insane thing uh and I mean, I will say this, like, there's just like, it's like a completely different level of a vehicle, but also like that should be the way more people are making cars. I mean, yeah. not just like it's electric, but the whole thing is like rethinking a car. Boogie, oogie, oogie, oogie. Oh my God, please don't. <laughs> Anyhow, I'm kind of excited about that. I uh, also like, I like for some sick reason, I just um, reserved the new Galaxy Note 10. I'm like, there's definitely something wrong with me. Um, <laughs> like, is there something wrong with me? I have a Galaxy Note 9. That's like but lit- you save a bunch of money by reserving. Well, no, no, right? you can get six hundred dollar trading value, which I was like, that's like most oh. of the cost of the phone. Like if I yeah, traded my Note Nine for a Note Ten, so I'm a sick fuck, and I should be stopped. And as you know, I'm like all iPhone all the time. I'm an iPhone I bro. I got an Apple Watch now. I've decided. Oh, yeah, that's right. I've decided the, the, Apple, Apple. the Apple Watch is good, and I'm into it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> like I'm like really like I'm just all in on Apple. I'm like. By the way, I still love Android and I actually miss my Pixel all the time. And I'm like, I love Android. I like, I like long, I so long for like the, 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 the ease of use and the simplicity and the sanity of Android. I don't know, whatever. I can't get into this Android iPhone debate except to say that like, I definitely miss, absolutely miss 
um, the the there's just so much about Android that makes so much more sense than um, how the iPhone functions. So many things, but I do love I do love iMessage and being part of the the quote unquote conversation, the board, as they say. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I feel like I feel like I'm talking to my family more. I do. Yeah. Like I feel like I my mother and father now communicate with me on a on a way that I feel comfortable with, which is texting more often now that they don't see that green uh uh thing. So I think it's really wrong and rank and nasty and I feel like um iMessage standards should be open standards that everyone can use because I think more secure messaging should be not a luxury, but something that everyone. I mean, that is also what they promised when they originally introduced iMessage. They said it was going to be open source. It should be something that everyone enjoys, and um, it's it's whack that it isn't. But until it isn't, like I'm here, I am trapped, trapped inside, and loving and hating it. Anyhow, I don't know how this got to be kind of like a not don't like, but like whatever. <laughs> Every week, your nice thing is a bittersweet. <laughs> My nice thing is like, yeah, I drank. It was so much fun, but then I drank too much, and then it wasn't fun. Now I'm now I'm dead. Um, yeah. All right. Good. We should wrap up. Let's let's do a quick one. I mean, I got it's 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 we got a lot to do. You and me. We're very busy people. We got to figure out how to get this new technology slash nerd empire into the into the eyeballs of every human being on the planet. Yeah, we're gonna clockwork orange people with the content yeah, and the tape. Yeah, our mo- new model is like clockwork orange. Basically, it's very exciting. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Well, that is our show for this week. We'll be back next week with more tomorrow. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best, though. I've just heard that one part of your family believes that Justin Bobby kissed them, while another part of your family says that Justin Bobby didn't kiss them. And Justin Bobby is chuckling at their immaturity, laughing at their stupidity, and just like is disregarding their negligence.